0: Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM, one oh five point seven FM in Cape Town. The viewpoint, eight to ten PM, turning conventional wisdom on its head on S.A.F.M.
1: student night new segment in of course third week in the running now hashtag student night focusing on matters to do with institutions of higher learning both in the public and private spheres. The impact of the coronavirus pandemic is being felt by every sector of the South African society, business and education. Schools and colleges, of course, are closing in countries across the world. In fact, South Africa just yesterday in an effort to prevent further spread of COVID-19. Remote learning is, however, being used in some countries as a means of limiting disruption to learners' studies. Despite the majority of South African learners having limited or no internet access from their homes, Are there ways and means for educators in South Africa to employ technology to keep lessons continuing uninterrupted? Talking points. How to avoid compromising academic students' academic year in the event of closure, like now. Insights into how to use online services as a viable option. Accommodating students who don't have access to technology. Managing student queries how students can keep their studies on track, communications especially, keeping the student community informed. The CEO of Boston City Campus Private Tuition Services at Higher Education, Mr. Adi Katz. Good evening, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Welcome.
2: Good evening, and thank you for inviting me.
1: Uncharted times for you guys. Desperate times, indeed, call for innovative leadership and certainly calm amidst this storm and at the same time making sure you never keep your eye off the ball, as it were, making sure you are empowering the young men and women of yeah. this country to better handle, of course, for the purposes of posterity of any nation, the challenges of tomorrow.
2: Correct. So certainly it is uh, trying times for both academics as well as for students, and it's certainly a time to, for South Africa to leapfrog into using fourth industrial revolution tools and techniques and uh, going to online learning. However, my concern around that is that many people think of online learning as simply putting lectures online. Mm. And, of course, to us, the teaching and learning experience is much more than just having an online lecture or an online video. But teaching and learning involves communication. It involves interaction. It involves dialogue and mentorship between uh, educators and learners, between learners and their peers, being able to upload assessments, get get uh, feedback, etc. And my concern in the current South African situation mm. is that to create that experience, that rich experience of real online teaching and learning, and not simply lectures online, takes an enormous amount of planning, it takes an enormous amount of uh, designing of course curricula, and certainly in our case, where we have all our degrees and diplomas and higher certificates already online, our experience shows us that it takes up to a year to create a course in a manner that you can create that rich experience. And my concern in the current situation is in, in the rush to embrace the technology and in the rush to uh, meet the urgent need. Are we going to compromise, are institutions going to compromise the academic integrity of the very qualifications that they're trying to uh,
1: equip our students with? We're going to get back to that. It's a very valid point. At a bare minimum, of course, and in response to what you've said, this is an opportune at time as ever then. To truly get to grips with, frankly, the realities of the world, the fluidity of the world, the global market within which the world is in, the great competition for time and the great need, therefore, for technology to be embraced, to compensate for all of these challenges, not least for South Africans' challenges with all the disparities and inequalities that it has. This is then as good a time now to set the tone. To establish the institutions for the rollout of quality online programs to cover not necessarily a national disaster as we find ourselves now but to make sure that you've got the bases covered for instances when people cannot make in the context of education the contact time
2: I agree with you and I think that uh, I think many of our institutions have been remiss In not embracing the technology, especially in the South African context, where not only is it just-in-time learning becoming an important factor, but also the ability to reach remote areas, uh, so that students don't necessarily have to spend huge amounts of time and money traveling to other institutes, traveling long distances and uh, residences, etc., etc. So. We should have actually embraced this technology many years ago. In our institution, mm. all our degrees, diplomas, and higher certificates are already online, and we've been doing it for over 10 years in one form or another. Mm. And uh, what we've learned from that experience, as I said before, is that it certainly is a different set of skills that you need to be able to teach in that environment compared to the regular classroom environment. It requires much more planning, much more detailed. Uh, thinking out of how the lecture is going to play out and how you're going to interact with students. To, to give you one simple example, Please. In when we talk about remote and online learning, how do we, for example, provide students with access to library facilities on a simple level? Mm. How do we provide them access, particularly if they're in remote areas? So let's forget about the crisis right now although we'll come back to that but even just thinking more broadly as you were saying that mm. this could be the opportunity to leapfrog us into the future so just simplistically how do we think about providing library facilities so one of the experiences or one of the, 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 the things that we've learned out of that is where we approached the, the various publishers and we downloaded all the, the relevant textbooks as well as uh, articles for reading and references, etc., and we provide every student with what we call an eBRI. It's our own mm. terminology, but effectively <laughs> it's a stick with all the library access resources on it. And so I'm just using that as mm. an example to show you how one has to think through the, the depth of uh, the experience that you're trying to provide the learner as opposed to just providing a lecture online.
1: I'd be interested in any parents or students out there who are now being forced to engage in the manner by which Ari Katz, the CEO of Boston City Campus, and I are engaging in terms of now that the times have changed, necessitated, of course, by the emergency measures that have been placed by the national government. How do we ensure that teaching and learning takes place? What are the challenges that you are facing with yourself if you're a student who's old enough to self-supervise? Or if you are being supervised by your parents, if you're given the phone to call and have sufficient airtime? Or better yet, if you are the parent in a situation whereby now you have to engage the academic setup in a very different manner than what perhaps you are quite used to given the changed circumstances in the country, we'd be more than happy to engage your thoughts. Please do give us a call on 482 double one four eight two fifteen ten. Otherwise ninety two sixteen my guest, Mr. Adi Katz, CEO of Boston City Campus. You mentioned libraries and access to resources online. There is a competency and I'm interested in the conversation that has to take place at that level. Publishers, of course, sell books, and the more books they sell, the more revenue they generate. But it only takes one person to download the book, say, and then mass distribute, which would not then be in the interests of the publisher. Can you tell us about the nature of that conversation and some of the true sticking points which, as a nation, before long, we will have to engage for the purposes of, on the one end, protecting the integrity of commerce and intellectual property, and on the other end – access to quality education being an ensured right as opposed to a right that exists in isolation to the realities that belie it?
2: So you're quite right. One has to balance, on the one hand, the uh, commercial integrity and the commercial viability, I would guess, of mm. the publishers and academics who publish. And on the other hand, uh, as you call it, the in- insured right, of students to be able to have access to academic material. So the way we do that is when we download all that material onto the eBRI that we provide the learners, we provide the publishers with a royalty in respect thereof, um, but because we're doing it en masse, we've managed to negotiate significantly reduced um, royalties and in that way created the access for the student. The library material, though, that's on the eBRI um, has a limited life to it which only really lasts for the period of the academic year. Um, so in that way, we've tried to balance, on the one hand, the commercial, um, how can I call it, commercial viability
1: mm, mm. Um,
2: and sustainability yes. of the publishing industry, on the one hand, and the rights and access of students, on the hand, at reasonable cost. By the way, with us, the way we do it is Uh, One of the failings, I think, of academic institutions is that we register students and then we require those students to go at their own cost and purchase textbooks, have access to library facilities, etc. In our environment, as part of that experience that I spoke to you about, we provide the learner with every textbook and all the library materials. Otherwise, we are setting our students up for failure. One of the the, the significant problems that we have in this country, particularly in distance learning, is incredibly low throughput rate. And one of the reasons for that is because we do not provide learners with the total experience. And hence, in the Boston environment, not only do we provide them with all the teaching and learning materials and all their lectures, et cetera, et cetera, online, but we also provide with all the academic material that goes with that so that the learner has everything at his disposal up front. And I think that's a very important point because we find that, particularly with disadvantaged students, that they don't have the money to then go and buy the textbooks Mm. or get access to the right facilities. So we think that there's an ethical responsibility for the academic institution to provide
1: the total experience and, and of provide course, the learner with everything. And, of course, in the learner being provided that because of the ethical standards to which you bind yourselves, there's a corresponding duty on the student to make sure that they look after that property and when they are done with it to return it, so to speak, so that they don't close the door behind them but keep the door open for the next learner to have access to that same resource?
2: No, we actually allow the learner to keep those resources. Okay. Um, and post because they might want to use it as reference material down the track sure. and, it's a, and also we want them to personalize that so we provide them with all the textbooks at great cost to ourselves but so we provide cost. them with those textbooks and we want them to engage with those textbooks and with that material so that they can personalize it and it becomes part of their being and they shouldn't have to return it it should actually become part of what they take with them into their next life so to speak
1: um, mm, yeah, yeah no, I so. got you.
2: And we think that's pretty important, eh?
1: It's extremely important. Having to make plans for your child to come home because the universities are closed, what is this doing to your budget as a parent, as a student? Do you have a plan on how you're going to keep up with your studies if you're a student or with your child's studies? If you are a parent, how are you coping with the change academic challenges posed by the changed circumstances occasioned by COVID nineteen? Marva, Baiti Cap, Snow, Fanand, Huiya Nand, Marva, Minar Ari Kant
3: gezo um um with all due respect mm. um first to say that your producer was thirty two the say a few weeks ago, I want to send her a cake so <laughs> and at the Please end do. of the uh, the end of my call i'll send with my whole family we'll sing the all select gezo, we don't need any buildings called places of higher learning this show i'm a parent of five children with my husband we one daughter at wits one daughter between college two children in high school one child in primary and i'm a student of learning your show i'm at school it's a master's class every evening
1: so Come we go. don't need
3: money to go to high eight places a few months ago i did a south african specialist tourism course online for 90 days it's free but i did it in 50 days so Um, Libraries are good places, but as they say, you can have the library on your phone and on the computer. Um, Private education is outpriced for the working class. And um, that's what is happening at the moment. Yes, we have to be all innovative, Mm. but we need to do what we do in our communities. The children can't read and write. Mm. I wanted to do a Montessori course. They tell me it's 57,000 rand for the year. So I went online. I'm doing it for free. It's an internationally recognized place. So we have to be innovative. We yes. don't need these places. They've, Like the medical aid, they've overcharged us. It's only for the rich. And that's crunch. It's very good. So now they level the playing fields are being leveled.
1: That's interesting. That's an interesting proposition. I appreciate that, Marva, calling us from Cape Town. How do you respond to that? I think I just want to focus on how this has created the levelness of the playing fields, Ari?
2: So I think yes, there are a lot of the, the multiple resources online that are available free, and uh, for those people who are disciplined enough and who know how to navigate those resources, without a doubt, they should use those resources. But by and large, one still has to maintain academic integrity. One still has to make sure that there are standards. There still has to be. I thought I heard that too. Ultimately, to provide where she said this show is a certificate with a qualification, and. Uh, Those standards still have to be maintained. Those standards still have to be set by the regulatory authorities and they have to be quality assured throughout the learning and teaching process.
1: I'm going to ask this question because I would have thought the opposite more to be true. Why? Because you've got – and you mentioned it earlier on – the great disparities of many disadvantaged learners – primary school, high school, university across the country who outside the facility of contact in the school setup to the extent that it does happen, they then become marginalized from education or mainstream access to information because of the lack of resources to engage beyond being at school physically. How do you respond to that? Because I would have thought that was more the currency than it being the exception.
2: Well, one of the things that has to happen in South Africa, without a doubt, is we have to lower the costs of data, just generally. Because, as you say, particularly in disadvantaged communities, that even if they have a device, they can, the data is just too expensive for them to access the Internet. But in this particular time, with COVID being so, uh, with the corona coming into, into the midst, it's a real opportunity, I think, for South Africans to pull together and for the telecos companies, the Vodacoms the MTNs, the telecoms, the, the RAINS, the CELSEs of this world, to come together into zero-rate data for education purposes across the board. Um, and I think that's, that's a, a plea that I would like to pass to the telco companies to urgently respond. And I'm not asking them to give students unlimited data for mm-hmm. um, for non-academic purposes, I'm talking about for purely academic purposes. And one of the things that we should then be doing is, which we've approached Telcos for, is to create channels for each of the academic institutions where one can download and watch lectures and uh, whatever else it may be, mm-hmm. and engage with the educators, upload assignments, to receive feedback, engage with your peers, etc. But that, the data to actually do that. Yeah. I think particularly in this time of need should actually come to the party and zero rate better data, in the interests of the country in
1: the long term. Well, I mean, it's it's great because last week, I mean, that very point was addressed quite extensively by the announcement of the leading telco in the country, Vodacom, talking about a lot of the issues that you have just touched up, and and of course, one would hope that the other telcos would follow suit. The importance of data, then, because we are in a data driven market. Of course, we can't not talk about data without talking about four ir. Is this now the reality that there will be in the context of education? less contact time and more data-driven education because part of what the caller just said earlier on, Marva, is that this is the platform to go to and of course she gave us kudos on the show saying that this is as comparable a platform to engage one's education than say the traditional classroom setup. Perhaps then, in a a nutshell, how truly important is data in the education setup to create the level playing field? Absolutely critical.
2: Absolutely critical. I think any curricula that today does not um, encourage learners and, in fact, provide them with the, um, the context within which to actually conduct research and engage with technology and data and 4 rr is, uh, is not equipping the learner for the future. So uh, there's no question about it that every curricular going forward should mm. encompass uh, a critical element. Of what we call in our world workplace integrated learning that's the term that we use at Boston and we in fact every single qualification has an element of what we call workplace integrated learning and as part of the workplace integrated learning the learner has to get a guy out there and actually engage with technology engage with data and learn how to evaluate it critically evaluate it research uh, etc and produce uh, a, a report mm. in in that context. So uh, the importance of data, without a doubt.
1: Fantastic. We have a very quick call from, I understand, a journalism student in Makanda at the university currently known as Rhodes. Good evening to you, Mr. mnyandu
0: Good so evening, um, thank you, thank you for welcoming me. Uh, I'm just I just want to weigh in on the cost that you're talking about, the cost of uh, having to transport your children home, and the cost of the. Trying to, you know, catch up or trying to stay on course while they're at home. Yes, I don't think the government is ready for this, and I don't think the universities have really, you know, given thought to it. It's they just said to students, we must just go home. And I mean, schools are supposed to close next week, and people have already booked for next week. And now they have to incur costs to try and go home this week, and the university is not, uh, you know, giving them enough time to do that so i don't think um the government is really has thought about this and has any mitigating you know uh, measures mm, to, mm. to to look at the cost so i understand um the problem that we're having as a country but i think we're just gonna state of panic, and I don't think we're getting the correct leadership from the government and sure. the leadership of the, of the university.
1: Thanks. Short and sweet. Thank you so much to Sanim Nyan calling us from Grahamstown. Before you go, I'd let's just listen to a couple of voice notes, after which I'll give you an opportunity to summarize the conversations coming through from our listeners, and then I'll say goodbye.
0: Please let us unite. Uh, let us fight the corona. Let us fight it together. <clears throat> Good evening, This from Switch. I did my BSc computer science degree with University of the People. University of the People, you can check it out on the internet. It's accredited with distance Education accredited, Accreditation Board in the United States. And you can get your BSc degree for only 60,000 rands whereas in South Africa a BSC degree will cost you more than I think 200,000 rands, mine I got it for 60,000 rands and it's all accredited
1: You want to respond to the call of the couple of voice notes there before we let you go Mr Arikat
2: So I think two things in terms of cost The the I think the The the, uh, perception that private education is significantly more expensive than public is actually not correct. Uh, For example, a first year of a degree at Boston City Campus would cost you around 35,000 rand for a BCom. And if you went to any one of the publics, it would cost you at least that, if not more, depending on which one you went to. But I don't think it's only about that. I think it's also about access it's also about getting a rich teaching and learning experience. And what we've tried to do by creating 45 centres around South Africa is to bring the teaching and learning closer to the learner, um, as well as providing them with the rich technology experience and not just lectures online, but in fact the opportunity to engage interactively with educators, with their peers, um, and a complete online 4RR experience.
1: Sure. Sir, so, thank you so much for your time. All the best. Long thank live you. CEO of Boston City Campus, Mr. Ari Katz. Twenty one forty four. We are now done. Of course, this is just a reminder for those of you who are students. This is student night. Thursdays between twenty-one hours and twenty-one forty five. Any suggestions, any queries, any stories, any items for discussion of importance, regional, national, you call it, email our Lesejo at SAFM. .co.za. Thank you so much, Marva. I did understand you to mean that this show is as good enough to be a curriculum because of all the teaching that it offers. And I can only but say kudos to my wonderful producer. She's smiling. She can't blush because she's that dark. Together with my team here, Mr. Phineas Daone, thank you so much to all of you who have joined and participated on the show. Good evening. It's time now for a wonderful segment for some Infogate, our story.